You are listening to Supporting Supporters, a Change to Chill podcast. This is a free mental well-being resource offered by Alina Health. My name is Tanya Freeman. I'm a licensed psychologist and regional lead psychologist with Alina Health. These podcast episodes are aimed with the goal of providing quick, tangible resources and information from Alina Health mental health providers on a range of mental health topics relevant to -to day-to-day lives of the listener. We invite you to join us in any way you please, whether you sit back and kick your feet up, or as you engage in movement, your daily commute, or as you prepare for your day. However you choose to join us, we welcome you and we honor your time. Today we are talking about navigating difficult conversations with Heather Crabtree, who serves as a primary care psychologist for children, adolescents, and families, and as a supervisor for postdoctoral trainees. Please join us in understanding more about how to navigate different aspects of difficult conversations. Hello there, I'm Heather Crabtree, and I'm a psychologist who works primarily with children, adolescents, and their families. In my work with clients and families, I often partner with schools, and I also hear a lot from my clients about the impact that school personnel have on their lives. This is such an important and valued contribution to these children's lives and society as a whole. By listening to this podcast, it is obvious how much you care about your students and that you want to continue to develop your understanding and skills. Thank you for all you do. I hope this will be helpful to you. Today, we will be talking about navigating difficult conversations. I really like this topic because I think it is so applicable to everyone. No matter what we are doing, whether it is in our personal or professional lives, there are going to be difficult conversations that come up. Within this topic, there are many different things that can be discussed, so I would like to try to make this as useful as possible. First, we will talk about how to prepare for a difficult conversation, and that will include what type of mindset may work best for going into the conversation, as well as the logistics of actually having the conversation. And then finally, at the end, we will talk about how we care for ourselves after having these types of conversations. These situations can be emotionally taxing, so caring for ourselves afterwards will be an important factor as well. The Harvard Family Research Project affirms what all educators know to be true, which is an engaged family is important for student success. This project has shown that a family involved in their child's education, quote, can lead to positive benefits such as increased school attendance, higher academic performance, and improved attitudes about school, end quote. That being said, we definitely understand the importance of engaging family in the work we do. Now, of course, at times, this is easier said than done, especially with some parents, right? If I asked you to think about difficult conversations you've had throughout the years, those with parents probably pop into your mind, right? So there are different types of parents and personalities that can make things more tricky and difficult to handle. I don't really think it's necessarily useful to go through and categorize different types of parents, like the quote-unquote lawnmower parent or that sort of thing. So instead, what I'd like to do is go through how to prepare for these types of conversations as I think that will be much more useful in your day-to-day practice. If you are more interested in learning more about identifying the different types of personalities and parents, it is definitely widespread online, so feel free to look that up as well um, if you're interested in that. 
Okay, so number one, preparation is key. Be prepared for the unexpected, as parents may need to bring their children into the meeting, so having materials that they can use in the room to minimize distractions would be helpful. Um, having water and snacks available can be kind and welcoming. Be sure to have visuals available and organized, such as any student work or records um, that would be helpful to have for the meeting. When discussing academics, having visuals printed and prepared can assist pa parents in better conceptualizing the learning process and how it relates to their child. Finally, prepare yourself emotionally and mentally. We know that being in the right mindset or headspace is really important for coming into a difficult conversation. This helps us approach the conversation with an open mind as well as present ourselves as confident, which is an important aspect in this sort of situation. One really important aspect to achieving this is our self-statements, the things that we tell ourselves in our mind. This can really vary depending on what works for you, but I can give you a few examples here. They can be more general thoughts, such as, I am prepared. I am doing this in the best interest of my student. I will keep an open mind. Or they can be more specific thoughts, such as, I know this parent, and I know they just want the best for their child. Or, I will remind myself that Billy has many strengths. Always remember to breathe. Know that you are prepared, and that you can always ask for a break or to reschedule for a different time if you feel as though you are becoming overwhelmed or if it is not going very well. Sometimes people find it useful to have something to drink or sip on, like water, coffee, or tea, as they are talking, just to have that moment to pause or have something in their hands so that is something to consider doing as well. The next thing to think about is to set the tone early on. We understand that starting off a meeting with positive comments about their child is needed, though be aware that our body language will send parents the first message. Don't overlook the basics. Use eye contact, thank them for joining you, and use a firm handshake. Or if you're not shaking hands because of COVID or other things, that's okay too. It's crucial that together you identify a common goal for the student that both you and the parents agree upon. This common goal should be referred to throughout the meeting to maintain a focused conversation. For example, I know we both want Jackson to be a person who works well with others. Let's focus this meeting on how he can grow in this area this year. Finally, you can help to set the tone for the conversation by creating a general agenda for the meeting and sharing this with the parents. This structure can ease parents knowing there will be no surprises. Next, try to be issue focused. Offer parents the option if they would like to share first or if they would like you to. Be sure to let them know that you will be taking notes to ensure that you understand their concerns and thoughts. It can be easy to come to the table intent on just sharing what we know to be true about the student. However, we need to strive to listen openly and without judgment. But this can be easier said than done. Be deliberate in using the word we often, which emphasizes that this is a collaborative team effort. Parents may want to talk about other students and how they impact the issue. Kindly but firmly redirect the conversation to their child. 
feel free to remind them that you don't talk about their child to other parents. At any time that the meeting seems to deviate from the original purpose, return to that common goal that was originally identified. Remember that our words matter. Begin with at least one specific compliment about the student. During the meeting, use affirmative words that identify to the parents what the student is doing rather than what they're not doing. Be sure to separate and speak about the student's behavior, not the student as an individual. Refrain from using sarcasm, educational jargon, and absolutes such as he always or she never. When sharing information, be specific. Here are a few examples. So it could sound something like, Today during math, I noticed that Susie really struggled with staying focused. In the moment, we handled it by taking a movement break. Or another example, recently, I've noticed that in class, John is shutting down when things get challenging. I've been trying some strategies to provide extra, extra support. They include dot dot dot. Also, make sure to ask for input from the parent or other person that's in the meeting. Um, but also ask questions such as, is this something you've noticed at home too? Have you and your child talked about this? Is there anything else you've observed at home that you think may be related? Have they had this challenge in the past? Can you share what has helped? Parents or loved ones may already have potential solutions, so be sure to ask for their help with questions like, what are your thoughts on this situation? Are there things you do at home that might work at school? Are there things that you know won't go over well that I should avoid? Is there a teacher who knows or works well with your child that you'd suggest I talk to? And then finally, conclude with a resolution. To ensure clarity, explain back to the parents their thoughts and concerns in your own words. You can also have the parents share what they've heard about your thoughts and concerns. Be sure to set several measurable and attainable short-term goals. Collectively decide when and how progress towards the goals will be shared. End the meeting just as you, just as you started with a specific compliment, positive body language, and a firm handshake or a nice wave. <laughs> All right, great. So that's kind of how to do the conversation. So let's talk about after the conversation. So first of all, take time for yourself. Breathe. Review the conversation. What went well? What did you learn? What could you do better next time? Is there anything you need to follow up on? Keep a written record so you remember what happened and what should occur next for follow-up. It can be helpful to send a follow-up email to recap what was said. This helps to keep everyone on the same page and make sure that there were no misunderstandings. It also helps you to process the information and keep a record of the meeting. It can be helpful to find someone to debrief with, such as a coworker, a spouse, or a friend, or just try writing down your thoughts and feelings. Finally, it can be really helpful to get physical. Let the endorphins flood your body and clear your mind from the conversation. A brisk walk can help or a full workout, um, whatever works for you. All right. Thank you so much for sticking with me through this um, conversation about conversations. 
let's go through three main points that I think would be helpful to take away from this podcast. Number one is that difficult conversations are sometimes necessary and can lead to productive outcomes, especially when you are well prepared. Number two, having the right mindset is key. Stay calm and stay confident and remind yourself that you can take a break or postpone the conversation if it is not going well. Remember to be clear, use specific examples, listen, and collaboratively develop a plan for moving forward. And lastly, take care of yourself after a difficult conversation by debriefing with someone you trust, taking a few minutes to yourself, doing a preferred activity, or engaging in physical activity. You've got this. Thanks so much for your time today. I hope this has been helpful. On behalf of Alina Health and Change to Chill, we thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We do hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you join us in other episodes covering even more interesting topics with mental health providers. As always, you can find the show notes and any accompanying research and tools at the Change to Chill website at www.changetochill.org. In health and in wellness, take care and see you next time.